oh, don't mind me. I'm I'm just casually walking walking in the room after a month. Hello, how are you doing? S- listen, I if you've been wondering why I've been so coming out so negative on my podcast in several episodes in, in the past, I have a question for you. How do you expect for me to be <laughs> to be happy when life just decides to crash me fucking down? I had so much plans for the month of the October and life was like no no you you no and now is November. Did I even have an episode on October? I think I did. Um and I had so much plans for the two episodes in uh two more episodes in October and special Halloween episode if you listened to the last episode you know you know I wanted to do something. And then I got COVID. I've been ditching COVID like for two years since the start. I never got it and I was so proud and so happy like people wear masks. I'm I'm wearing mask and I'm not getting COVID. And then I got COVID. Um so yeah, um I'm not vaccinated um for personal reasons and I don't want to start debate over here about should you get vaccinated or not i'm leaving that to you as a personal choice so i was not vaccinated and firstly and neither was my mom and i didn't even know if i got covid listen firstly my mom got sick and she had fever for like two days and then she was like i'm fine she lost her uh, sense of smell and taste She had fever for two days and she was coughing and and I was like, well fuck, now it's turned to me. And then I got sick. And I had fever for four days. She had for two days and I had for four days. And then I'm I was starting to get to get better. And then and my uh, head was hurting a lot, like my sinuses were stuck and I was breathing um by mouth most of the time. I generally have um a problem with my sinuses and I use uh, the drops we call it the drops like the the stuff that unplugs your sinuses for a, more than a decade and that's the problem itself and my sinuses got so stuck and I was breathing on my mouth and I had fever for four days I lost my sense of smell and taste on maybe the third day and So my head was hurting a lot from my sinuses and then I got better. I didn't have fever for maybe two days and then I just felt like that thing from my sinuses moved through my throat. So I got some kind of throat infection or throat fever or however I I call it. So my throat got inflamed and I got another round of fever and now this round of fever was lasting for six days but the fever was not high in any time it was like 37 degrees maybe 37.5 but it was annoying and it was um really exhausting and i don't know if if i had covid because in serbia right now um like serbia is in catastrophical state with covid right now we daily test around 25000 people and 
we don't have for example in my town we only have one one place where you can get tested and there was like 200 people or maybe even more and my sister from my aunt went and she and wanted to get tested and she was waiting for two days and on the third day she had to get like through her personal contacts in the hospital to and somehow managed to get in, in to, to get tested and I and I just gave up when I saw like 200 people and I was and they were like going to to be tested when they get slight like headache or runny nose and I was like I cannot even sit in my bed I cannot wait there for like two days are you fucking serious so me and my mom never got tested but we had almost all symptoms so I'm planning to go to doctor the next week or the week after just to get to ask to get um, antibodies test and to scan my lungs and my heart so to check if everything is fine I'm still coughing a little bit not too much it's been this is like the fourth week I believe since I was sick so it was very fun um, in the week two my uh, taste and smell started coming back they are still not back completely some food still tastes tastes funny to me for example noodles fried noodles I've been eating every night like a cheat snack in the <laughs> in three in the morning now tastes like just a just an oil <laughs> it's just they this disgusting so yeah that's the update on my health how have you been <laughs> I gave up on my Halloween episode because I was still coughing I could not talk for an hour on on air and uh, also I didn't have much strength I felt so fatigue and so drained out of energy and also my already fucked up sleep schedule got even more fucked up so it's still fucked up uh, it's getting better but um one day i'm sleeping for 12 hours and then the other day i'm i'm not sleeping so basically last night the day before i slept for almost um 10 hours and then today i slept for three hours and got wide awake at 9 a.m i never got up get up at 9 a.m so i get got wide awake at 9 a.m hungry as fuck so i had to go to make something to eat and i got wide awake so no sleep for me tonight i'll probably just fall into the dreamland for another 10 hours so um let's just not blab around how have you been i hope you have been amazing you had um, i hope you have had amazing halloween i did nothing for halloween basically nothing i usually do my makeup take some photos but i was just like no while my mom was sick i was enjoying myself i was cooking all weekend <laughs> like I made a pumpkin pumpkin space latte homemade and it was fantastic but sadly um, I got sick right after that so it just has weird sad memories for me <laughs> right now so I don't want to hear anything about pumpkins until the next Halloween so please people I made a homemade soup all by myself I can I love cooking but except if if it doesn't contain meat I'm disgusted by the raw meat so I can cook everything unless it has meat <laughs> so yeah 
So I think it's the time to start this episode, finally. Um, so we're today talking about a really creepy case, a really creepy guy. And I want to add a disclaimer that if you are triggered by the topics as sexual assault, pedophilia, just in general violence, please have in mind that you may have to, to turn off this episode. And also, yeah, how could I forget? Um, before I got sick, like a few days before that, allegedly Zodiac Killer was identified. Like allegedly, I know this is like the old news probably for you if you if you follow true crime topics on the internet. But I just wanted to mention that in here, and I wanted to do a special episode about Zodiac Killer, and well, everything got fucked up. So yeah. So today we are talking about the Beast of Jersey. Have you heard about Beast of Jersey? I heard this story for the first time in the That's Why We Drink podcast. Of course, my favorite podcast ever. Also, Christine got baby. So congrats, Christine, if you ever by any delusional circumstance listen to this episode. Congrats on the baby and little Leona, welcome to this world. So I heard the story for the first time at their podcast and that's why we drink. I just got really creeped out, so I just I just needed to cover this. So this is a story about Edward Painzel? Pisnel? Painzel? I'm not sure. He is known as a beast of Jersey, a serial sex offender who terrorized the Jersey Isle located between France and England. This is not the New Jersey, this is like the original Jersey. Um, is the little isle located between France and England in the Channel, Channel Islands. So I just don't know how to start this except by the timeline, so we're just gonna deep dive right into the terrible stuff. So it's 1957 and a nurse is waiting for a bus and when she got attacked by a man wearing a mask, uh, who, he was dressed in a long coat and had a scarf over his face masking him, and he approached her and beat her over the head, tied a rope around her neck and sexually assaulted her in a nearby field. He basically dragged her to a field and raped her. She was severely injured during the attack and needed stitches. However, she was discovered and taken to the hospital where she recovered from her physical wounds. So the next victim is a 20-year-old uh, woman waiting for a bus, again, who got, again, a rope around her neck and she was dragged by a, um, to the forest by the same man and she was also raped. Then the next victim is a 31-year-old woman walking home from a bus stop, like, do not go to the bus stops, apparently. Um, she was walking home from a home from a bus stop and she got attacked the same way as the others. And then another girl got attacked the following month the same way and in the same month uh, another woman got attacked by the, this masked psycho. Victim after victim after victim and they all, all the victims were questioning the police and they all agreed that he was probably in his early 40s, he had an Irish accent, and he was smelling musty. I'm already disgusted. So soon after that, he'd, he got the nickname Beast of Jersey by the press. And as the 1960s rolled around, 
He stopped attacking, attacking women on the streets and bus stops and became more confident. In 1960s, he changed his attack pattern and began breaking into houses and assaulting people in their homes instead on the streets. So basically, no one was safe, and that is the, the my biggest fear that someone breaks into my home. I talked about that in the bonus episode of my Patreon. 1960, boy got woken up by a man climbing his by his window, who then put a rope around his neck, brought him outside, and raped him. Then he brought him back on inside the house. The same month, he picked up a woman who was waiting for a ride, and it, as it was dark, she couldn't see that that was not the person who should have picked her up. She, um, someone who she knew should have picked her up, but as I understood, she didn't know him well. So when this bitch picked her up, she thought that was him but she was not sure because it was uh, quite dark but she became suspicious and she sensed the musty smell and thought something was off sadly he stopped the car in the secluded area he got her off the woods woods <laughs> oh my god woods where he punched her in the face and raped her then he got her back to the car and started driving however she managed to get out of the moving car and started screaming for help which got people's attention when people started coming to help her he drove away and nobody saw him in the march 1960 a woman gets a call in the middle of the night she gets up from the bed and answers the phone but whoever called hang up the moment she answered so like this is the horror movie she haven't thought anything about that she thought maybe someone made a mistake or whatever and she returns to bed uh however later that night she hears he, she hears the noise downstairs and goes to investigate do, do not go to investigate when you hear a noise in the middle of the night in your house call the police so she went downstairs to investigate and she tried to um, turn on the lights and she realized the power was off then she tried to pick up the phone and call someone and the, she realized that the telephones li telephone lines were also cut off and then she was attacked by this man but she managed to get out of the house and started screaming for help but sadly in the meantime um, her 14 year old daughter came downstairs because she heard noises and screams and she got attacked and she got raped and brutally beaten up while her mother was out of the house screaming for help so like in the few minutes he managed to beat her up and rape her then a 14 year old girl was awoken by a man in his in her bedroom watching her sleeping like i would fucking die <laughs> she began to scream in the hopes of waking her uh, sleeping parents and it worked and the man fled fucking amazing in July the same year, uh, an eight-year-old boy was kidnapped from his home. He had a rope tied around his neck and he was led into a nearby field where he was raped. After the assault, he was taken back to his home and delivered right to his doorstep. Like, like a package. <laughs> it's not funny, it's disgusting. And this would be the last assault that year. Then the attack suddenly stopped for some time, uh, but a few months later another 12-year-old uh, boy and an 11-year-old boy and 11-year-old girl were abducted and assaulted, like he had a, a spring. 
The town called Scotland Yard because they couldn't find this guy now for almost three years and the Isle of Jersey was a small place so they asked for help believing that it was probably someone who lived there. Citizens were informed and warned to keep an eye for this man, quote, he always strikes at night, almost always at the full moon, he's in his 40s, always wears a raincoat with distinct musty smell, he always covers his face with a disfigured rubber mask, homemade rubber mask, and a wig. He also has wristbands with the nails sticking out of them for his own protection, as well as shoulder, shoulder pads with nails for when someone tries to grab him. So, when Scotland Yard stepped in, the attacks stopped for two years, and in the meantime, they interrogated every single man with a criminal record in Jersey. They even had their eye on their main suspect, Alphonse Le Gistelois, who was an agricultural worker and fisherman from Jersey. Police said uh, how he liked to roam the country lanes at night. The chief of the honorary police described Legostois as a loner who wore a dirty old raincoat tied up with a piece of rope, and this was matching with the description of the wanted man perfectly. Unfounded grudges against the Le Gestelois were formed in fear and fueled by the local police force in Jersey not speaking out to silence gossip. As the hysteria reached fever pitch, Legastois' unconventional lifestyle led him to become one of the 30 suspects arrested during the investigation by Scotland Yard. He was released after 14 hours of questioning due to the lack of the evidence. His clothes were sent for forensic examination at Scotland Yard, and on release he was issued with ill-fitting clothes. Unlike the other suspects, Le Gastois's name was released to the public and he became a scapegoat. The attacks on the Beast of Jersey continued, but the public suspicion against Le Gastois remained so strong that, like the angry mob, burned his cottage down in the act of arson. And in the documentary later, Le Gastelois said that the police searched his house 12 times in 12 months. In 1961, and then in 1961, um, advocate Denise, I guess, Richardson took Legastois out to the reef in his boat where he um, took some work uh, refurbishing his hut belonging to the, to the Richardson and he was doing all jobs for other, for other hut owners and he described his life on the reef as quote-unquote paradise compared to what I have been through. And from May 1961, until April 1975, despite the real killer's capture, in the meantime, he continued to live on a quiet life of solitude on the islet of Le Memorti. This is French. La Le Marmotière, explaining that he had become so used to it that it was his home and that he had all of his possessions there and just that was his home. And he had several other issues later in life with uh, the police. He was arrested a couple of times. He moved back to Jersey where he was where he was living until 2012 when he died. Anyway, back to the story. In April of 1963, the Beast attacked a 9-year-old boy, then an 11-year-old boy, then 10-year-old boy, then a 16-year-old boy. The attacks died again for two years 
1966, the police received a letter from someone who claimed it was Beast of Jersey. And I'm gonna read you now this bullshit letter. Um, so, quotes. My dear sir, I think that it's just the time to tell you that you are just vi wasting your time as every time I have done what I wanted to do and remember it will not stop at this but I will be fair to, to you and give you a chance. I have never had much out of this life but I intend to get everything I can now. I have always wanted to do the perfect crime. I have done this but this time let the moon shine very bright in September because this time it must be perfect. Not one but two. I am not a maniac by a long shot, but I like to play with you people. You will hear from me before September and I will give you all the clues, just to see if you can catch me. Yours sincerely, wait and see." End quote. So he's just full of himself, like, right. Piece of shit. I'm drinking my Christmas coffee. <laughs> it's already Christmas for me, okay? I already have my some of my Christmas decorations out and I will have a Christmas tree by the end of the next week, probably. <laughs> In August, he was saying that he will attack, oops, he will attack two times before September and in August a 15-year-old girl was brutally assaulted in her home, but the attack was different this time. The girl's body was covered in long scratches that were perfectly dispersed in a parallel lines over her torso. After this attack, there was there were no more incidents for four years. So he like done this thing and went away for four years. So in August 1970, the beast returned. This is just like some Marvel movie, like the beast returns. A 14-year-old boy awoke from was was awoke from his sleep in his um, home to a torch shining to his face. Again, he was attacked as the others were, but this time he was being led back to his house. The attacker spoke to him and he told that he needs to stay quiet because, quote-unquote, if you don't, someone will harm your mom and dad. And when the boy's parents found him, he was, he was so uh, upset, he wouldn't speak of what had happened to him. He was afraid that someone would harm his mom and dad as this bitch said and eventually he told them and he was taken to hospital where an examination showed that he also had the scratches down his torso the same ones as the girl four years ago had and in addition the boy told police that the man had spiky black hair and was wearing a frightening mask and finally on july 10th of 1970, two police officers cruised around the island on the irregular, regular night patrol. It was almost midnight when they stopped at the red light at the Sun Haler district when a Morris car ran the stoplight. The officers chased the driver who was trying desperately to get away from them. Unfortunately, or luckily, he drove on the wrong side of the road and, and he got crashed on the footpaths but eventually crashed into a hedge and finally stopped in a tomato field. And when he got out of the car he began to run and as did the officers chasing him, he was eventually tackled to the ground and rested. On the ride to the police headquarters, officers noticed a musty smell. I I must imagine what had they have felt like. Um, they noticed a musty smell coming out from a man and when they were uh, finally under the bright light 
of the station, they saw the man's appearance for the first time. He was wearing a long dark coat with inch-long nails and screws sticking out of the collar, cuffs and shoulders. These were what made the marks on the young girl and boy. When they emptied the man's pockets, they found a bunch of shit. Um, basically, they found a black torch with a tape covering the majority of the glass, so only a, like a little bit of the light would shine through. Two pieces of cord were used for tying up his victims, a wool cap and a duct tape. They also find, found a spiky black wig and the mask he had been using to terrorize the victims. And the mask is somewhat, something that you will probably remember forever if you Google it. Just Google Beast of Jersey uh, leather mask. Um, nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. Like, looks like a leather face. Like, it looks horrible. And just imagine... I I'm not gonna say that, but, like, imagine something like this, and you are a child, like, terrorized for the la rest of the life. And when they uh, ask him why was he having all of this in his possessions, in his possession at the time, he said that he was on his way to an orgy. <laughs> Um, and that he borrowed the car because the car was stolen. So he was Edward Painzel. So who was Edward Painzel? He was born in 1925. He had 46 years, like precisely as everyone described him. And he was a family man with a wife and children. He worked in construction and came from a wealthy family. He didn't have a criminal record, but was imprisoned for a month during the World War II. And listen to this. Why was he imprisoned? He was imprisoned by German officers when he stole food for starving, starving families. Like an angel. Robin Hood. He also played Santa Claus at the children's foster home that his wife worked at. And the kids called him Uncle Ted. Like literal Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So Pencil was... Uh, he remained in custody and officers were sent to search his home and they found a lot in his home so they found a locked secret room inside his bedroom so he was living in the same house as his wife but they were separated and he had his room where he had separate entrance to his room and nobody ever went to his room and he had there this secret like secret little room inside his bedroom it smelled of must and they found all clothing and homemade wigs complete with matching false eyebrows <laughs> he fucking had fake eyebrows they also discovered the camera and photographs of houses across the island investigators believed that he had been planning his attacks for years and had many more lined up so he was basically stalking people and as he was attacking children most of the times he was look watching them grow up and he decide was deciding when he was gonna attack them it's it's re extremely disturbing so when they asked pencil about the photographs he told them that he chose his victims years before the crimes he knew specific details about the families and their homes and knew which windows to climb into the night of the assaults. They also found his shrine to Satan in his little room, 
which included an altar, a sword, and an extensive collection of books about the black magic and the occult. And I didn't write this down, but Christine said in the and that's why we drink podcast. She said that he was also sacrificing animals, especially cats, and that few um, few children around his house saw him sacrificing cats while dressed in his weird suit, but they were too afraid to tell anything to anybody, and he would also sacrifice those animals to Satan on the night of the full moon right before his attacks, so he believed that would give him like the power to do his funny stuff. He also used a fake Irish accent to mislead the investigators and victims, and he also um, threw um, cigarette packs around the the place where he where he assaulted the victims and he was not even a smoker so he did all of that just to mislead the victims and the investigators so on the 29th of november 1971 it took a jury only 38 minutes to find him guilty of 13 counts of rape against six of his victims um, and it's believed that he raped and he assaulted almost 60 people why only 13 people? Why only six victims? I'm not sure. I couldn't find that anywhere. Probably it was there was not, not enough evidence or those people didn't want to, to come to court to testify or whatever. He was only convicted of six victims and 13 counts of rape. And he was sentenced to 30 years in Winchester prison in the UK, but was released 20 years served for good behavior. And he also tried to move back to Jersey, but due to the reign of terror he held for so many years, he wasn't welcome, and instead he moved to the Isle of Wight. And he died three years later from a heart attack in 1994, the year I was born. Thank God um, he died, he didn't continue his, as they said, like, reign of terror. And in 2007, a child abuse investigation named Operation Rectangle, oh my god, Rectangle, began, which saw many children in foster care on the island of Jersey abused for years. In 2008, during a search of Art de la Garine, a home that housed up up to um, 60 children at a time, officers found 65 milk teeth in the basement, many belonging to the children who had already shattered them. And they also found shackles under the dirt, which were attached to the walls. Children were abused by staff, and for a long time it was believed that Edward Painzel was part of the conspiracy due to his involvement in the foster care system, but police have since confirmed he wasn't part of the inquiry. And though he was only charged for 13 counts, it's believed that he assaulted many, many more people than the number who came forward. And that's the end of the story about the monster, truly the beast of Jersey. And my audacity stopped working. I'm hoping everything was recorded on time. I didn't even notice when it stopped. Oh my God. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this story. Um, um, I never know how to end this. You can, I can, I cannot say, I hope you enjoyed the story. I, I can only say, I hope you enjoyed the way I, I presented the story, but man this was crazy story um if you want to 
follow the podcast on Instagram, you can do that at freakedoutpodcast or on Twitter at freakedpodcast or you can follow me everywhere at Fabian Adams but instead of a B is a 6, so face 6 Ian Adams. And that's that. I hope you will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Bye, guys. Have a nice day.